touch with your creator with a bacon love and chew. She even speaks Hebrew. What's that got to do with it? What's that got to do with it? There's no separation when we're talking transformation. What's that got to do with it? Hey, it's Leanne here on What's God Got to Do With It? And I'm really excited to share this series called Acting As If, which in a way is the origin story of the God Pod. So I had the incredible opportunity to join forces with the amazing Amy Brown for a series called Acting As If, which literally came to be on a walk on a trail here in Nashville when Amy was like, okay, Leanne, what is the deal with this idea of acting as if? And I kind of believe in it, but it's definitely not as easy as it seems. You know, can you break it down for me? And I was like, oh, girl, you have no idea. I love this stuff because unbeknownst to her, I'd been teaching my own version of belief shifting to my clients who, just like her, trying to act as if or use fake positivity and feel good affirmations and fake it till you make it mantras, it just did not work, not in the long run, at least. And that is where this four part series was born. Inside Acting As If, Amy and I explored the science behind shifting beliefs, and we dove deep into strategies to break free from negativity, even if positive thinking and acting as if has never worked for you in the past. And we laid it out step by step, teaching you how to nurture a brain that's not just emotionally healthy, but also how to become emotionally available to yourself, which we talk about all the time here on The God Pod. In other words, it's a journey into understanding the power of our thoughts and how to leverage them to influence our beliefs, our feelings, and our behaviors. It's the crash course in transformation that I wish somebody had taught me decades ago. Little did we know then that this series would be the unexpected catalyst for what is now the What's God Got to Do With It podcast, which I can only describe as a God thing because Amy and I had no idea when she first brought up the idea for this series. So while What's God Got to Do With It explores the intersection of faith and science, acting as if focuses more on the science of belief. So without further ado, let's dive into the four-part series, Acting As If. All right. Hey, hey, Leanne. Time for believing. We've covered thinking, feeling, and now believing for part three. Absolutely. So now you all understand why you've got to believe what you say or else it's not going to sit. Your nervous system is going to lay down negative neuro associations alongside it. You're not going to believe it. And this is where really we're going to kind of get into the meat of why the whole just on a surface level acting as if in positive thinking doesn't work if you don't believe it. So this is where I want to invite you. If you have doubts, this is the perfect time and opportunity to meet yourself in your doubt, meet yourself in your unbelief and work from there rather than trying to persuade or convince or coerce yourself to believe something else. And we talked about how if you say something, but your current self-image and beliefs unconsciously or subconsciously don't believe it, you're undermining that new thought process being ingrained in your in your psyche. Because when it comes to the self-image, you can't kid a kidder. You can't outsmart. You can't outmotivate. You can't outpositive think your self-image. Your self-image really knows what you think. And it's, again, sending these signals, these frequencies based on how you're feeling to your brain. Negative associations, positive associations are going to determine whether or not it's downloaded. So, so it's almost like you're. it's impossible to 
to gaslight that situation. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> again, it maybe it's possible, but it's like, it's a dot, dot, dot of like, you have to wait and see. It might eventually through repetition happen. But again, it's going to be a longer, harder, bumpier road if you even get there. All right. But, okay. Yes. You've mentioned that multiple times that you still can get there, but like, yeah. why choose the harder path? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to make a blanket statement and say that it doesn't work, but it's just like, it's a maybe. It's a maybe and more yeah, difficult. Totally. Yeah. Okay. And like, I'm, if you're going to put in the work, like, yeah, smarter, just, not harder. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So I want to talk about what I call a beliefs overhaul, okay? And this is where it's literally a three-step process. And again, if you are looking at the resources from this, you'll see there's a cheat sheet for this. But it's a three-step process that once you understand the concept of it, you can literally wash, rinse, and repeat it forever for the rest of your life. And for the record, this is never me coming from some high mountain of like, oh, never have a negative thought or a poor belief in my head at all. It's like, no, we are meaning-making machines. And even as I'm exploring new levels of my life, I'm building new beliefs or I'm coming up against old beliefs that I didn't even know were there. So it's a tool to meet you in your humanness, knowing that you're going to have these thoughts. We're not going to just magically wake up and be all, you know, roses and butterflies every day. This is a three-step process that once you learn how to do it, it's a skill that you can have in your back pocket. And it'll probably come to you more quickly and easily. It makes you think of when in one of Joe Dispenza's books, he talks about how when you're first learning how to drive and you get in the car, you're like, okay, you get in and you're like, hands on the steering wheel. Okay, reverse and then, okay, back out and then drive. But then we do that so much that here here I am at 41. I've been driving since I was 15, 16. And like, I don't even think about that stuff totally. anymore. And shortly after that, I wasn't thinking about it. But sometimes I get to work and I'm like, What? How did I get I, here? How did, I even, how did I even get here? But it just, it automatically starts to do it for me. So my question to you is with the wash, rinse, repeat, is if we get more familiar and the more and more and more we do it, do we sort of just start to wash, rinse, repeat without having to even really think about it? That is such a great question. And so everything that I teach is with the assumption that if your brain doesn't get better at it, I don't talk about it. And here's what makes or breaks that positive neuro associations or negative neuro associations. If you're laying down positive neuro associations or you're just not creating negative ones, your brain will become it because your brain knows it's safe. It's going to move it to that basal ganglia. It's going to keep it forever. But if you're causing negative neuro associations, maybe you hate it. It makes you unhappy. Maybe you're having to force, persuade, convince, coerce yourself. Again, it's a dot, dot, dot. Maybe it will, but it's going to take a lot more efforting, a lot more convincing, it's going to have a lot more resistance. So again, everything that I'm talking about is with the assumption that we're creating positive neuro associations alongside it. And that's why when we get to the beliefs overhaul, we're going to meet you in your doubt so that we're not creating dissonance or negative neuro associations. So that's the make or break thing. Gotcha. Okay. So Great question. Dot, dot, dots. well, I keep asking for like definitive things. Yeah. I love that you're bringing it back of like, maybe dot, 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 but it's still hopeful in a sense to me, even hearing that, that like some of it to digest in the beginning, it just seems like there's all these steps and how am I going to get there? And I'm just trying to think for people that this is the first time they're hearing some of this. I just painting that picture of, you know, you don't freak out every time you have to get in your car to drive. You probably did when you were just starting out at 16, but now you get in your car, it's fine. So I guess that's probably more of what I would use that example for. Yeah. It's like, you're gonna, it's gonna be like getting in the car and driving to work. 
For sure. You, and, got, you still have to do it. Right. But you first, get there. you're going to take, it's going to take some focused, intentional energy and thought process. But as long as we're using positive neuroassociations with everything we've shared is, I mean, think about even back to part one, the data versus the drama. You're literally stopping negative neuroassociations and creating positive or neutral associations in your brain, right? Just from noticing the drama and bringing yourself back to the data. So because of that, your brain will get better at it the more you practice it. It will get easier the more you practice it and you will have to practice it less and less and it'll just become who you are versus anything with negative neuroassociations. It gets harder the more we practice it. We get worse at it. Maybe we have to convince and persuade or coerce ourselves again, if it even gets us there. But along this way of thinking, everything we're talking about in all of these steps was designed with the end in mind of, will it get easier the more they practice it? Will it just become who they are? But you do have to get in those reps. And those reps, I, I teach my clients air, attention, intention, and repetition. So yes, you have to give it air at first, lots of attention, intention, and repetition. But again, because we're laying down positive neuroassociations or at least not creating the negative ones, that you'll need less and less air. Gotcha. So the three-step belief overhaul, and I'm just warning you, <laughs> my little disclaimer is when we get to the new belief side of it, I am going to teach you all, you asked for kind of like a one and done or something that, that works for everything. I'm going to teach you a belief that's going to work for everything, but it's not going to shift you into roses and butterflies, which a lot of us want. We want that short-term gratification of, I just want to feel amazing right away. And I'm just going to give you a spoiler alert right now and let you know, we're not going to end up at roses and butterflies. My goal for you is to end up at peace and acceptance and grounded and just equilibrium because that is what your brain really needs. And then from there, you can access pie in the sky, happy, all the things, but the part that you're probably skipping over and your nervous system doesn't necessarily know how to create right now is the peace and the acceptance that you need to pass through to get there. So just letting you know where we're gonna end up. Got it. So the three-step process, I'm going to give you a high-level overview, and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty. And again, you've got a resource that walks you through this visually. So the first step is you want to identify what is the current old belief or the lie that you're telling yourself, the drama, the BS, the unserving belief that's not making you feel really good, okay? Big picture overview, that's step one. Step two is you essentially want to knock it down. You want to find evidence of why it's not true, evidence of why it might possibly not be true, or just start tearing down what's not real about it, how it doesn't have to be true. Just start arguing for its falseness, right? You're starting to seed that doubt that that, that old belief, and I'm going to walk you through examples, is not real. So first step is identifying what's that old belief we're trying to get rid of or replace really. The second step is tearing it down, calling BS on it, identifying why it's not true, why it doesn't have to be true. You're starting to like tear down the defense of it almost, right? And that's where we bring in logic and reason. And then the third step is replacing it with a new belief. But again, the new belief has to meet you in your doubt. We can't go from, I hate my body to, I love my body. And again, I'm gonna walk you through really specific examples, okay? So let's just actually start with that example. The old belief is, I hate my body. And maybe before you listen to this four-part series, your thought was like, no, I'm just gonna look in the mirror and tell myself I love my body. It's amazing, all the things. And I'm not telling you that those things are not true. 
But if you don't believe them, it's essentially like they're not true and your brain's not gonna believe it. Not only just that, but it's going to lay down negative associations, negative neuro associations. If you start saying, I love my body to yourself and it feels so untrue. And again, one of the points I'm trying to make too is we wanna kind of get out of that delusional optimism and really come back to meet us where we are in our doubt and in our unbelief. And a lot of people are like, well, I don't wanna do that. Is that pessimistic? And it's like, no, you're just meeting yourself where you are. The data. Yeah, the data, the data, the, the data, data, the data. <laughs> so let's take this three-step process through the I hate my body belief. Because honestly, that's that's one that comes up a lot. So the teardown, why is that BS? Well, actually, if I hated my body, I would not go move my body. And if I hated my body, I would probably wouldn't even shower. Or if I hated my body so much, blah, blah, blah. And just start tearing down. Or maybe you're not outright tearing it down, but you're starting to see doubt of how it's not true. Right. So maybe the doubt is, well, I hate my body right now, but I'm working towards loving it. Or I hate my body right now, but I know it's possible to not always hate it. Or you can just start seeding the doubt about it. Right. Would this work too of I hate my body, but my family member or friend has this exact same body and I love them and they're beautiful or because yeah, you so, see stuff in yourself that you don't see in others. Absolutely. So that's going to be part of step three, which is awesome because honestly, a lot of times step three actually combines the tear down okay. and the build up, right? So it's like old belief, tear it down before you build a new belief is essentially those three steps, right? So yeah, you're spot on. So you could also, your new belief could be borrowing somebody else's belief and borrowing somebody else's eyes to step into your own. So we'll talk about the new belief side of it, but my go-to belief that I invite everyone to start with. So going into like a positive belief, so to speak, again, might be too much of a stretch if you have not accepted that this is where you are right now. So one of my favorite quotes from Byron Katie is, when you argue with reality, you suffer. So a lot of us are creating our own suffering by just not accepting that this is our Denial. body. Denial. Yeah. So before <laughs> you go switch it to a positive or try to make a new belief about your body, my suggestion, and this is the one that will work hands down every time, but it's also, I believe the next necessary step is instead of moving from a negative to a positive, move from negative to acceptance. So the acceptance belief would be, hey, I don't have to like my body right now but this is my body right now. And I refuse to become a victim to it or take myself down the rabbit hole because when I argue with reality, I suffer. So again, accepting the data, even when we don't like it, I told you, spoiler alert, I'm gonna give you one belief that I believe is the next step belief for everyone to take on. And again, after this, beyond the scope of this of this series, you can insert any other belief that's the next level belief for you, but most people are skipping over just accepting that this is what's happening right now and giving yourself permission to not like it. Right. So for me, I think it was in part one, we talked about my divorce yeah. and I felt like a failure and how could this happen? So part one would be, I got a divorce. I'm a, I'm a failure. Right. Right. And then I come and I start to tear it down. Well, actually, what about getting a divorce makes me a failure. Yeah. What if that actually is, we came to a really hard decision and we worked really hard. And what if the result we came to is actually what's best for everybody involved? Yeah. So like that, that's it, the perfect. tearing down. So yeah. then what's the third the thing third I would do? Step, so where you might be tempted to go is like, no, I'm an amazing mom and I'm an amazing person and all of that. But what I would invite you to do is just go to a more neutral new belief, which is like, hey, I don't have to like the fact that I got divorced 
but I am not going to go down this rabbit hole of making it mean that I'm a failure. Got it. But like, I don't have to say, neutral. yeah, I'm, I'm amazing. Yeah. This was awesome. It's, divorce is awesome. Divorce is the best thing ever. Right. Yeah. Because that's just not and the case. And here's the thing. Yeah. That next level of belief might be the next level, but most people skip through just accepting the data. So that's where it's like, it's taking, I'm giving you all permission to like lighten the load for this belief makeover stuff. Okay. So I want to walk through another one. Sure. I like example. Yeah. We, and I got some more too. Okay, good. You know, we talked about the messing up at work and not being smart. So step one would be, ah, I'm so bad at my job. Then step two, tearing that down would be like, well, they hired me for a reason. And these are some awesome things I have done at work or- Here's evidence that I'm not bad at my job. If I was bad at my job, I wouldn't have this position or I wouldn't have been able to accomplish X, Y, Z. And then the third part would be, I messed up. That doesn't make me bad at my job. Yeah, I don't have to like that I just messed up, but I am not gonna go give it this meaning that I am bad at my job. Okay, you're just neutralizing it. That's the new belief. But th- this whole acceptance belief is the part that most people are just skipping over. And that's why it's such a big hurdle to get to the newer, more empowering belief. This whole acceptance belief is the part that most people are just skipping over. And that's why it's such a big hurdle to get to the newer, more empowering belief. Now, once you go through that, now the the default belief is like, hey, I don't have to like that I mess up at my job sometimes, but I am not gonna make it mean that I'm a bad, that I'm bad at my job or a failure or whatever. Now you can take the next like plus one, so to speak. And we'll talk about minimums versus maximums in part four of acting as if. But then you can add on the next level of belief, which is, again, I'm actually really good in this way at my job. Instead of like this big overture of like, I'm the best person at this job. Or again, I'm just trying to meet you in your doubt. Or like maybe here's where I could use some work, you know? Is it inviting that in of like- Exactly. Actually, maybe if I- read this book or studied this article. I mean, depending on what you do, like totally. I don't know, or or research. I mean, there's times where I'm doing something for women of iHeart Country right now and we're trying to change up the show, which I host. And, you know, there's audio that Elizabeth Fazio, our girl, mm-hmm. shout out. Shout out. Sent me from multiple people within our company all over the country that have shows. And I sat there and I listened to how they were going in and out of breaks and different things they were talking about and the inflection they had and like the imaging and how it lined up and when we played it and when we don't. And I'm just taking more agency over that instead of just doing it. Like I wanted, I I wanted to add more to it, but in order to study for that. Okay. So to use this as an example, it'd be like, oh, I'm a bad host of my show. Well, to tear that down, if I was that bad, would they have trusted me with the show for the last several years? And then the third part would be, okay, maybe I haven't been giving it my all. So therefore it's feeling like it's a little bit eh, but there is work and stuff and research and study and other people that I can listen to for guidance to make it better. And I will. Absolutely. So is that it? I mean, that's a beautiful example. Yeah. You're meeting yourself where you are. So it's like, I don't have to like that. Maybe I don't feel like I'm the best host right now, but first of all, this is where I am right now. And I'm not going to take myself down the rabbit hole, but this is also the opportunity for me to step into a solution-based process of how to become better. And then again, you're, you're taking yourself to like more solution-based thinking 
and that might be a little bit robotic for some people, you know, obviously resonance is everything. So anything we're talking about, find your words, guys, like anything that we give examples of, it's so important that you take it and you use your words. So your version of that was way better than what I just said. But bottom line, the, if I were to, you know, talk about the meat of it is accept that even if you feel this way, like you don't have to like it, but you're just accepting that this is where you are right now. You're accepting, even if it sucks, you're like accepting the suck, but then identifying, I'm not going to become a victim to it. I'm just going to accept it. But this is also my invitation to myself to up level. Up level. Yes. Bring it yeah. up a level. But don't you can do it. And what's the post-it note thing though? Yeah. So the post-it note was again, spoiler alert, the acceptance belief. I don't have to like X. I don't have to like the fact that this is my weight right now. I don't have to like the fact that I'm divorced. I don't have to like that my kid got a C on her math test, but this is what's happening. And I am going to accept it because when I argue with reality, I suffer. Okay. So, so that's it's a neutralized, that's the post-it. It's I think a belief. It was, what, part, it's not sexy. I know. Part two, you, you're like, I'm going to give you a post-it. Yeah. It's going to be the sort exactly. of like the, the, the cure-all. And I like that. Yeah. I mean, it's imperative that we do that. Totally. Then we we're skip over acceptance denial. all the time. Mm -hmm. Totally. We're in denial. Yeah. By the way, it's not a post-it note, but it is a flashcard in your tools. Oh, in the tools, <laughs> which um, we've mentioned a few times in the first two parts, but I don't know about in this episode, leannellington.com slash acting as if has the resources that yep. Leanne's referring to and the the note card, but you could make your own post-it note yeah, at home. Totally. Totally. If you're a post-it note person, but you want to walk through another example? Yes. Okay, cool. So you know, and I hear this a lot with some of my girlfriends of, oh my gosh, I'm going to be alone the rest of my life is a big one that I hear a lot. Yeah, I say that. And, you know, and I've also heard that what I would consider delusional optimism of like, no. And it's kind of that like magic genie thinking of like, no, I'm going to be married by the end of the year. And it's like, wait a minute, I have no control over that. And it's, it, I don't necessarily believe it. And again, it's negative neuroassociations. Is it positive neuroassociations? Do I believe it? Do I not? But like the old belief is I'm going to be alone the rest of my life. And that's really what like, I know I used to think that before I made over that belief for me. So this is where you could find evidence. So for example, I'll just use some of the example from when I made over this belief for myself. So the teardown for me was like, just because I haven't met my future partner yet doesn't mean that I won't. And I could also find evidence from other people. So Sally met her husband when she was 45 and this person fell in love when they least expected it. And I just started building evidence of possibility to tear down my lie. That's just one way to tear it down, right? And then the new belief, again, if we're just accepting it, because we don't want to go pie in the sky, we don't want to like shift it into a positive just yet because your brain hasn't accepted the reality yet. So if it hasn't, by default, you're arguing with reality and creating suffering. The new belief could be, hey, I don't have to like that I'm 38 and not married, but I refuse to become a victim to it or allow it to rob me of my peace. And the sooner I can accept that this is where I am right now, the sooner I can actually go do something about it. Got it. Right. Yeah, victim mentality is, I feel easy to fall into. Me too. And so this seems like a really quick way to take yourself out of totally, it. Totally. Yeah. And again, it's not me coming from some high mountain of like, I never get in victim mode. I do too. And I use these tools all the time because, and now I just notice it as a data point. I'm like, oh, victim Leanne. Hello. I see you. There you are. Like, rabbit hole. And then the cool thing is, is I see it when it happens and I don't go down the rabbit hole 
Or if I am like starting to go down the rabbit hole, I cut it off. It doesn't, I don't fall so quickly. I don't fall so hard. It takes me a matter of maybe minutes or hours to get back rather than days or weeks. Like it really increases that resilience factor. And you're just teaching your brain. It's the reality check. That's why, again, the new belief that I'm teaching you all that will, that you could literally wash, rinse and repeat for every old belief. I know it's not sexy. I know it's not this grandiose promise or you're not completely shifting from this air quotes negative to this air quotes positive, but we're neutralizing it and we're making it possible for possibility to come off the back of that. And that's what I think is the best part about this is this is all making it possible for the possibility. Like it's giving you the data, like what you're sharing with us in, in each of these parts is the information we need to believe this. And you're not just pulling this out of thin air. I mean, this is science-backed information. Yeah. And we're meeting you in the doubt that already exists rather than pretending or ignoring the doubt isn't there, living in that delusional optimism or trying to lie to yourself, which again, it's literally laying down negative neuroassociations. It's not going to get you there most likely. And again, you're skipping over accepting the reality and it causes us to live in this non-reality, right? So that's really the big invitation I have for all of you from from this belief side of things is just what belief do you need to overhaul and simply accept what you don't like or accept what you want to change. So the example that you gave, for example, the example, for example, the acceptance belief of accepting where you are right now, even if you don't like it, you can also accept like, hey, I also don't want to stay here. So I'm going to shine a light on what I can do to influence it rather than take myself down a rabbit hole of shame. So you can also accept what you do want to change. You know, acceptance doesn't mean resigning to it or like, great, this is how I'll always be. No, it's accepting what is because I mean, it's already happened. Like why shame it, blame it or live in the past. But with those reality check goggles and then moving you into the, even the possibility of having these solution focused thoughts, because again, you're in your prefrontal cortex, you're not in fight or flight, it makes it possible. But then you're also meeting yourself again in your reality, which again, you might have doubt, you might have unbelief or non-belief or outright cynicism, skepticism, whatever it is, even if you have doom and gloom, this will meet you there. There you go. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Acting As If. And don't forget that all the resources mentioned in this episode can be found over at leanellington.com slash acting as if. And we'll be back with more What's God Got to Do With It. But in the meantime, I would love to hear from you. So tell me about where you are in your story. You know, what questions you have? Where do you feel like you need clarity or wisdom in your own journey? I definitely want to hear from you. So head on over to what's God got to do with it.com and scroll down to the forum to share your thoughts, questions, or feedback instantly. That's what's God got to do with it.com. And if you like this podcast and want to hear more, follow, like, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to get your weekly dose of what's God got to do with it. New episodes drop every Tuesday. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review to show your support. It really means so much. What's God Got to Do With It is an iHeartRadio podcast on the Amy Brown Podcast Network. It's written and hosted by me, Leanne Ellington. Executive produced by Elizabeth Fazio. Post-production and editing by Houston Tilly. And original music written by Cheryl Stark and produced by Adam Stark. Adam Stark.